as I look out, I notice nobody has their cameras out anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, it's family. What can I say? Okay, now let me see if I can get this thing to work. I just love technology. When it works. Praise the Lord. First one is a blank slide, but that's okay. This is Christmas Eve. And tomorrow we celebrate the greatest gift ever given by the love of God. We celebrate this by giving gifts to our loved ones. To many, the meaning of Christmas has been lost in all the stuff we give. Many don't even consider why it is we celebrate this holy day. Christmas is not a holiday. It is a holy day. We celebrate the Holy Son of God, Jesus Christ, coming to this earth. As we look at Luke 21, or 2, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 21 to 52, we will see that Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand God's purpose in the birth of Jesus. As we read this passage, and I'm going to be putting it up on the screen, but as we read it, let's consider the words amazed, pondered, and treasured. Luke 2, 21 to 52. At the end of eight days, the time came for circumcising the child. And he was called Jesus, the name given him by the angel before his conception. When the purification time stipulated by the law of Moses was completed, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This was to fulfill a requirement of the law. Every male child who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. They also offered the sacrifice prescribed by the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In Jerusalem was a man by the name of Simeon. He was an upright man, devoted to the service of God, living in expectation of the salvation of Israel. His heart was opened to the Holy Spirit, and it had been revealed to him that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ. He had been led by the Spirit to go to the temple. And when Jesus' parents brought the child in to have done to him what the law required, he took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, At last, Lord, you can dismiss your servant in peace, as you promised, for with my own eyes I have seen your salvation which you have made ready for every people, a light to show truth 
to the Gentiles and to bring glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother were still amazed at what he said about him. When Simeon gave them his blessing, he said to Mary, the child's mother, this child is destined to make many fall and many rise in Israel and to set up a standard which many will attack for he will expose the secret thoughts of many hearts and for you, your very soul will be pierced by a sword. There was also present Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, who was a prophetess, and she was a very old woman, having had seven years married life and was now a widow of 84. She spent her whole life in temple and worshipped God night and day with fasting and prayers. She came up at this very moment, praised God, and spoke about Jesus to all those in Jerusalem who were expecting redemption. When they had completed the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew up and became strong and full of wisdom, and God's blessing was upon him. Every year at the Passover festival, Jesus' parents used to go to Jerusalem. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the city as usual for the festival. When it was over, they started back home, but the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem without his parents' knowledge. They went days, a day's journey, assuming he was somewhere in the company. And then they began to look for him among their relations and acquaintances. They failed to find him, however, and turned back to the city looking for him as they went. Three days later they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. All those who heard him were astonished at his powers of comprehension and at the answers that he gave. When Joseph and Mary saw him, they could hardly believe their eyes. And his mother said to him, Why have you treated us like this, my son? Here, your father and I have been very worried looking for you everywhere. And Jesus replied, But why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand his reply. Then he went home with them to Nazareth and was obedient to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And as Jesus continued to grow in body and mind, he grew also in the love of God and of those who knew him. Imagine as Jesus was growing up, Many times, Mary looked back at Simeon's words and these happenings at the beginning of his life. This child is destined to make many rise in Israel and to set up a standard which many will attack. Verse 
for he will expose the secret thoughts of many hearts, and for you, your very soul will be pierced with a sword. And then Mary watched these words unfold as Jesus calls his disciples, preaching the kingdom of God. The scribes and the Pharisees attacked his words and tried to set up traps so they could condemn him. Many of the crowds came to see a spectacle. Many came because of the miracles they heard about. Even so, there were those the Father called to Jesus who understood that he had the words of eternal life. As we near the end of Jesus' ministry, he tells the disciples straight out what was coming. Luke 18, 31 to 34 says this. Then Jesus took the twelve on one side and spoke to them. Listen to me. We are now going up to Jerusalem and everything that has been written by the prophets about the Son of Man will come true. For he will be handed over to the heathen. And he is going to be jeered at and insulted and spat upon, and they will flog and kill him. But he will rise again on the third day. But they did not understand any of this. His words were quite obscure to them, and they had no idea what he meant. So at the height of Jesus' ministry, with the crowds getting bigger and bigger, and Lazarus, a living testimony to Jesus' power, Caiaphas said, it is expedient for you that one man die for the people that the whole nation not perish. That's in John 11.50. And with that, the plot to crucify Jesus was born. You know, this has all the makings of a Greek tragedy, except for what happened next. John 20, 1-10. But on the first day of the week, Mary of Magdalena arrived at the tomb very early in the morning, And while it was still dark and noticed that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. At this, she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple set off at once for the tomb and the two of them running together. The other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. He stood and looked inside and noticed the linen cloths lying there, but did not go in himself. Hard on his heels came Simon Peter and went straight into the tomb. He noticed the linen cloths were lying there and that the handkerchief which had been round Jesus' head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was rolled up by itself 
a little way apart. Then the other disciple, who was the first to arrive at the tomb, came inside as well and saw what had happened and believed. They did not yet understand the scripture, which was said that he must rise from the dead. So the disciples went back to their homes. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, explain this whole thing. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell on him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. The resurrection is the final proof that the Father accepted what Jesus did on the cross. We've been looking at a a series of messages by Sinclair Ferguson, Lessons from the Upper Room in our Sunday School class. And one of the messages he said, the meaning of Christmas isn't understood until Easter. And that is so true. We don't really understand what Christmas is all about until we understand what it was Jesus came to do and that he rose from the dead. In very simple terms, this is what Jesus did. I am a sinner. Everyone here must understand that. Many would say, well, nobody's perfect. And they'd be right. But this can never be an excuse because God says, in order to get to heaven, you must be perfect. So what hope is there? The hope is in the exchange God worked out on the cross. I come to him empty with nothing but my sins. He gives me his righteousness and takes my sins. 2 Corinthians 5, 17-21 explain this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have come. New things have come, I'm sorry. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as 
Though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So this is what we need to consider. That trade that he who is perfect and holy and righteous gives us his perfection and holiness and righteousness and all we have to do is ask for it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have come together to celebrate the birth of Christ and all that that means. As you said in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We pray that you'll help us to understand this simple and clear message and if there's anyone in here today that doesn't understand it or hasn't come to know Christ, that you will work in their heart and speak to their heart through your spirit, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to also go out this coming year with a new desire to be ambassadors for you, preaching your message, reconciling others to you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. We are going to do a candlelight service. Um, I guess they've got all the candles together. And I'll get the slide up and then she can play when, when we're ready. Don't just start playing when the slide comes up. <laughs>